So, hello and welcome to episode 11 of Silocast. It's just myself and Glenn this week, no guests, two games. Um, how are you doing, Glenn? I'm okay, yeah. It's been a busy week and a, and a pretty productive week for Shrewsbury Town, hasn't it? Which is fantastic to be saying at this point in the season. So, um, yeah, winning a draw to cover and both creditable performances with, with lots to be positive about, Ollie. So I'm feeling quite quite buoyant today, mate. Yeah, good. So, yeah, we've got um, four points from six, um, which isn't too bad. Um, got that win on Tuesday night that we really needed. Yeah. Um, and we scored some goals. So, yeah, plenty for us to kind of get our teeth into this week. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into it. Shrewsbury were level by the break. Austin Barkley with the final touch from Lee Steele's fierce cross. So, first game this week, Tuesday night, uh, in front of 4,909 fans at the Montgomery's Waters Meadow. Was a bit of a classic, I suppose, in terms of the scoreline. Shrewsbury Town 4, Southend United 3. So, uh, yeah, goals for us from Beckles, Cummins, Norburn and Lang um, with McLaughlin, ex-pair Steve Humphreys and Simon Cox scoring for Southend United. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a rollercoaster game, Ollie, wasn't it? And, um, yeah, probably just worth reflecting on the fans, really. I, I sort of noticed that one of the things I was looking at, there wasn't that many away fans, was there? And I, I did go back and wonder how low that was compared to um, some of the sort of attendances we've had from away fans recently. And it was one of the, I think it was like the fourth or the fifth lowest since we've been in League One. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you saw that, Ollie. Have you? Do you know who's brought the least amount of fans to us in in our time in League One um, in the last five years? Oh, I guess it might be someone like Fleetwood, I guess. Yeah, yes, you probably saw it. Oh, yeah, Fleetwood bought 109. So I think Southend bought about 137 or something like that. So it was a little yeah. bit higher. Which is but... not surprising considering they're having an awful season. God. They're really quite despondent with their team, um, understandably. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, getting from that side of the country to Shrewsbury on a Tuesday night. Tough. Um, yeah, I. Fair play to those that made the trip. It's I'd absolutely say. no slight on their fans at all. I, I yeah. totally agree with you. I'd, I'd be struggling to find the motivation to follow them if they were starting like that. But yeah, I think it's that Larson, the guy that was at Celtic, might be their new manager. So he yeah, might, he yeah, might pack them out player. soon. Very odd. Very odd. Anyway, so there we go. So that was the score and, and the result. And um, yeah, team selection, Ollie. Not not too exciting, was it? I suppose in terms of what we were expecting. But there was one player that started I was very glad to see. I would say I was surprised in terms okay. of um, Norburn and Cummings playing. Um, maybe because I'd heard... Um, Sam Ricketts press conference where yeah. he kind of played down that they were going to play and <laughs> I think it's fair to say we need to take um, Sam Ricketts um, pre-match comments with a big shovel of salt um, in terms of team yeah. selection but again opposition listened to those interviews so why would he it'd be, you could call him naive if he was to give away his team selection in a press press conference it would yeah. Um, so, so yeah um, Beckles um, um, was in the team. Then we had um, Lawrence and Norburn um, with Goss in midfield. So it was great to see Norburn start again. And the big surprise, and one I'm sure you were excited to see, um, was Cummings um, started for his first um, shooter town you know, a game at home as well. So that was nice. Him and Lang made his home debut as well. So I'd say probably getting close on to probably arguably our best team for the first time this season. I tweeted that on the way up there when I saw the team. I said that, that for me is our best team at the moment and, and might be going forward. I think the only thing you'd ever really consider in that is that you've got Beckles, Ebanks, Lendell and Williams and you throw in Pierre there and you can basically pick three of those four at any any match and not be weakened in my view, to be honest with you. I don't think I don't think that's fair to, to say one's weakened than the other. I think they've all been playing well and, and have all got sort of different skills that mismatch depending on who we're playing really so for me yeah, it was our strongest team and, and it, it did lead you walking up there thinking into okay this is the time to you know unleash the taps get a few goals you know write some write some wrongs here in terms of the goal scoring record and we certainly did that but then there were some other incidents that down the other end that made 
have pause for thought, I suppose, as well. So what we got with one one hand, we sort of had taken away with the other a little bit. But um, it was exciting, exciting game, wasn't it? Yeah, it's funny you've done that with one hand and another hand, Glenn. Uh, it's almost like you'd, yeah, we prepared that, but I don't think you had. Um, we're going to do the South End game a little bit differently. Yes. Um, so we're going to do kind of the goals conceded by Shrewsbury first and then end the game on a real positive of all the goals we scored. Yeah, it's Just fair. to kind of split it up a little bit. And obviously there's seven um, goals to talk about. So, yeah, um, not much point really or little time really to kind of discuss all the all the less Nuances. minor points yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it, yeah. Isn't there? yeah I mean and you know well, we'll get to South End goals really because I, I think you know just giving a bit of a reflection really on what fans thought is that there's at least two of those goals that were a bit un, you couldn't really blame on our team or, or the goalkeeper really they were sort of you know out, out of the blue sort of thing or things That's that, your opinion maybe yeah then. I think you might be a bit <laughs> harsher I suppose I, I was, and it's not even my opinion really I was just sort of things I was reflecting on yeah. it when people say oh, we conceded three but maybe it wasn't as bad as that looks some, in some respects yeah. but um, in yeah, terms of the strikes I can understand why that, yes, that decision yeah. has, has come to but yeah. So, yeah, let's jump into the into the action. So, first goal was Southend, um, twenty nine minutes in. Uh, Bless Beckles, a poor clearance for him, um, a soft header. Him and Eblanks kind of nearly went for the same ball. Um, basically, then it fell to a Southend player, um, and then unfortunately, and this is where my criticism comes in for one poor header from Beckles. But Giles was out of position, yeah. So he was the wrong side of the midfielder who then got the ball crossed in in a really good loopy header um, from McLaughlin to make it 2-1 at this point yeah. and I thought that was quite sloppy again the header and Giles and yeah not exactly the best defending from Shrewsbury there and and you know considering we started the game so well and we were 2-0 up at this point it was um, it was far from ideal it was far from ideal wasn't it because you know we say you've gone 2-0 up you were, you were thinking we'd make it make it safe and, um, and and sort of go on and get third and a fourth and, and as I say really impress people so it was a bit of a sloppy one to concede and it was bad timing really and, and for me that you know, we'll talk about the goal a bit more, but it completely changed the flow of the game that a little bit. There was yeah, between did. between the time they scored their first goal and we got our third. I thought it was a very even game. If not, Southend had had a, a fair chance and, and a fair sort of um, period in that game where they had a chance to kind of equalise, which was a bit concerning considering we ended up running out for for free winners. But yeah, it did definitely change the game, and I think you're fair to say it was a poor clearance from Beckles and then Giles could be questioned as well. But um, you know, they're going to make mistakes. They're League One players; it's it's in them at all times to do that, and. Um, well, that was probably, I don't know, for me, that was probably the worst goal, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think it was, um, like, the, the second goal, um, which they scored on the 77th minute, Yes, um, was a counter-attack um, from a from actually a really good bit of play from Shrewsbury. Um, so Giles put a cross in, he was kicked out for a corner, but then basically they counter-attacked from us. Um, Love, who didn't have his best game, I don't think, um, mm, didn't win the header on a bouncing ball, um, but that left um, basically Love and, and Laurent quite exposed. Yeah. Um, bit of ball watching. Um, I noticed that Giles didn't even track back. So, yeah, I'm a, bit, a little bit critical of the wing backs in this um, this this game. But maybe we'll come back to that. So I think there's a fair excuse, not an excuse, but expl- explanation for that. And basically, we were too slow um, tracking when no one followed Humphreys, who was playing in his face mask after that horrific injury he uh, suffered. Um, and in defence of him, it was a super super strike. He hit it really hard and low into the bottom corner and it was um, yeah that made it 3-2 and I guess my question there would be yeah we had too many men forward and a little bit a little bit critical I think of Giles tracking back considering he's a defender see there was a lot of people around me pointing fingers at Love um, because his error was pretty obvious Ollie you know it stood out on that yeah. one where he didn't go and attack the ball and just get rid of it on that first time but for me that's the first real mistake I've made him, seen him make um, at Shrewsbury Town so to be fair what we in you know 10 games overall now I suppose that's pretty good to be fair so I'm happy to give him a bit of a chance on that but you're right about Giles he could have tracked back better but 
um, yeah, to me, it was it was good counter attacking by South South End, and we'll probably talk about them when we review the opposition in a minute. But you know that, that was decent enough in terms of the counter attack, and they did what they need to do. They picked us apart when we got pulled out of position. So um, yeah, and the finish the finish was quality really. And Humphreys, I think, is a decent striker at this level. I know he did do a few bits for us, and he's obviously scored against he's us. Only a kid when he was with us. Yeah, he scored Saturday. against us for Rochdale, didn't he, two years ago as well? And yeah. so I think he's he's half decent at this level. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how they go this season, Ollie. But we'll, we'll come to that end in a minute. Yeah, and and on the on our on our wing backs, I'd say that they've played a lot of football. Yeah, um, they haven't had a rest, and I think you know in terms of an, analyzing the squad, it's probably our weakest area. The wing backs we don't really have. Obviously, Goldburn can cover for 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 the left wing back, but there's no one really to cover necessarily for the right wing back, apart from maybe Barney. Um, yeah, but true. Yeah, I think maybe you know, and they probably do more yards than anyone else. Yeah. Um. So I will give them a massive, um, you know, a massive, much um, how do you put that, you know. You know, respect for their performances so far. Yes. Um, that's not that's not be too negative. I think you know, we've got well, to credit them for how well they started the season. And to be fair, they're two fit lads, aren't they? For the amount yeah. of football they've been playing without a rest. I mean, I think they probably did. And get... Love hasn't played for a long time. No, no. And Giles is only a kid, so fair play to them. It's just an observation no, no. rather than a big criticism. No, I think that's fair, and I think the Ricketts has probably got to consider that that's an area where we should strengthen in January. What we're getting towards, you know, coming towards October now. So I think that'll definitely be something that you should look at because we can't rely on Goldborn and Barney and see is still even if he gets back at January, February time he's still going to take months to get match fitness so if Giles or Love got injured you'd, you'd worry about quite how solid that defence looks at the moment but um, yeah we'll, we'll have to see really how it goes and hopefully they don't get injured when they, they, they stay fit yeah, and talking of good strikes, um, their final goal uh, on the ninety first minute, which yeah. would have made the game, which made it a four three scoreline. Um, again, an, another poor defending from a Salah perspective. Not not anyone particularly um, at fault, but just a, a lack of um, kind of not enough pressure. I thought on South End, two passes basically. Ado gets um, picked, his pop picket. He wins, and the opposition win the ball. Two passes comes to Cox, who just absolutely, um, you know, absolutely wonderful strike into the um, top corner and can't really criticise um, O'Leary for not getting there but yeah. again a little bit of poor um, defending from a pressure point of view I don't know what, what you made of that that goal Glenn uh, yeah I've I not really got much to add to that really I so say you couldn't really blame Max O'Leary on it one of, one of the things I did think was that, that Simon Cox has had a few good games against us for South End over the years um, and I was surprised to learn that that's the first ever goal he scored against us it seems like, oh, he's, right. seems like he's previously scored against us a couple of times but I had to look into it and on my record he hasn't scored against us previously so yeah he's, he's finally got some just rewards for some decent performances against us but um, yeah it was annoying wasn't it and it was 4-3 but you, you did have the feeling they weren't going to have enough to get another goal back and, and go on to obviously get the draw but um, yeah, yeah that, that was a bit uh, frustrating 91 minutes and I suppose the lads would have tried, tried to have liked to have kept it down below two goals um, but yeah not to be but um, luckily yeah. we'll, as we'll come to in a minute we'd scored more goals so that was fine <laughs> yeah so what did you make of, um, of um, Southend in particular going forward well, I think probably like most people who were there, what they saw is that they were pretty good going forward, I thought. And and obviously, that, that's their issue, isn't it? Is that they're, they're leaking too many goals and scoring a lot of goals. And we talked last week on the podcast that they'd had a 3-3 game, um, the game before they played us, hadn't they? They'd drawn 3-3. Yeah, and you could, with Fleetwood. You could exactly, you could see why, couldn't you? You know, they, they were quite expansive and quick and tricky going forward. And, you know, at times did give our defence a little bit of a, a difficult time. But at the back, they were porous. They were really poor, I thought. And um, they were really lacking something in the centre-back positions for me. I thought they were very weak there, Ollie. And um, their new manager, whoever that turns out to be, as I said, it could be Larson from Celtic. Um, yeah, he's got a bit of a job in his hands, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I'd say their full-backs particularly poor as well. Yeah, that's um, true. And yeah, yeah they, they contributed um, to um, us getting through and scoring a few times. So, yeah, so that was it. So, yes, yeah, a couple of couple of things to work on there. Mm, um, sure. Obviously, you know, you've got to 
and one of the challenges we have as a podcast, obviously, we talk about both sides. We're going to talk about the positives and the negatives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but loads of positives to come out of this game. And um, yeah, it all started, you know, it didn't take too long for us to score. And um, Omar Beckles p- picked up with a goal um, on the 18th minute, which was a, a really, really nice goal. It was a good goal, wasn't it? And, and to be fair, I think we've just talked briefly about those 18 minutes. I thought we started really well. And, yeah. And we're definitely worth that first goal, Ollie. You know, we'd got at them the midfield that we'd been wanting to see maybe a bit more than, than some of the other midfielders we played. Really got going. They they I think one of the things we've been seeing is that these some of these players are coming back. So their best periods are normally at the start of games, to be honest with you, I think, at the moment. Like Norburn, Lawrence, obviously, he's been coming back. He's been back a little bit longer. but um, And, and uh, Cummings, as well, for example, is coming back from an injury and, and not having played for too long. And it seems like they're doing their best work in their opening periods of when they either come on or when they start. So, yeah, I think we, I think we would definitely do the goal. Um, and, yeah, so we've come from a Shrewsbury free kick um, where we pushed all the centre-backs up, didn't we? Which is... Uh, Something we'd like to see. And we were saying last week we'd like to see them score a few more goals. I don't think we expected it to come quite like this. We thought it might just be a direct <laughs> header from a free kick. But yeah, the ball was cleared um, and it was went out to the right wing and it was recycled. Um, Norburn tried to play the ball to Lang, but the pass was a little bit wayward. And then Lang won the ball back, which is something he's been doing fantastically well since he joined us. And then it somehow it ended up at Ebanks Lendell, where he sort of uh, David Beckham crossed it into uh, Beckles, who was still up there to tap it home. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, not how I was expecting one of our defenders to score, Ollie, for sure. Yeah, it was funny. It was like yeah, Ebanks turned into Beckham, <laughs> and Beckles turned into Andy Cole, yeah. and he um yeah, real kind of strikers kind of finished to kind of poke it That's home. A good goal. And, yeah, yeah, really, really good goal, and um, yeah, contributed to um, both um, Ebanks and um, Beckles getting into the Instat Team of the Week, which is published by yeah. our friends, um, yeah, the D three D four podcast. So yeah, fantastic, and yeah, definitely was a, a really nice goal, and um, and yeah, it was it was a, a nice way to kind of start the game, and we were joking, almost joking to ourselves about how you know we've been talking about goals, and it's almost like the central defenders took it upon themselves to get the get the first one. Yeah, and and I do, I'm delighted for Beckles because you know he's he's had a really interesting time at his time at Shrewsbury, hasn't he? Where he was a bit he was sort of lambasted in his early days. Then the Hurst season, he was fantastic, and you couldn't say a word against him. Then last season, went back to times having struggles, but then maybe recovered towards the end. And now this season seems to be back to his best. He's almost certainly a way better centre back when he plays with the threes. He's almost faultless, you know. And 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 I think it's I'm delighted he's got a goal and started to sort of get the defensive goal uh, share up. So yeah, it was it was I was glad of all the defenders it was going to be Beckles for me personally. Yeah, it was good, and a lot of the players enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and then it didn't take us too long to get our second one. Nope. So twenty-seven minutes in, again, um, this is where I think this, this. And I saw the South End fans were really frustrated in terms of the way that they were they were really sloppy in play. And and this was a game where definitely Shrewsbury's tactic. Um, well, my interpretation is that Shrewsbury's tactic was to press a bit further up the pitch. And yep. obviously take advantage of their kind of, I guess, lack of confidence on the ball. Mm-hmm. So Love does a really good tackle on their dozing left back. Um, he looks um, for a pass and he takes his time. And then he finds Cummings and he threads the ball between two players. Really, really nice pass. Cummings turns. He's got no other ideas apart from shoot. Yep. And yeah, kind of a bobbling kind of ball um, that kind of goes round the keeper off the post into the back of the net. And it's one of those strikes when even when you watch it back, it's not actually really hit that well. But it's just the kind of strike from a quality striker that goes in the back of the net. And God, we've been missing those kind of finishes. I th- yeah, I've I watched it back as well, but I, I still maintain I think it's a very good finish. I, I it's a good you, finish, I, yeah, but I'm in the sense that it wasn't a clean strike no, of the ball. No. Um, it still went in the back of the net, so I'm not going to complain. But do you understand what I mean? I completely understand. And I was about to say, I know you didn't say it was a bad goal. Um, but it's it's like, um, yeah, quality 
quality composed finishing and he knew exactly where he wanted to put that ball whether he connected with it as purely as he, as he wanted to it was going to be going very near that post or just inside that post enough that the keeper couldn't get to it he, he'd seen where the keeper was he took one look up and then he just took his shot didn't he and it was it was good forward play and and to me that yeah you're right it's exactly what we were missing just someone who knows how to put the ball in the back of the net and what what was it he'd become top goal scorer already hadn't he you know the last little bit of the game at Wimbledon and then the first 20 minutes it's 27 minutes of the game versus uh, well this game he was already top goal scorer for Shrewsbury Town so it shows he's had an impact since he joined the football club but yeah good good goal all around I think Lowe deserves a lot of credit um, and and yeah just a, a quality quality finish and, and definitely we're worth the 2-0 still even at that point yeah yeah so we're 2-0 up at this point um, and then yeah it took us quite a while as you alluded to earlier when we were talking about the South End goal after they scored to make it 2-1 it took yeah. us quite a while to get back in our stride um, we played some decent bits of possession, but we weren't really um, went for, weren't fantastic going into the break and after the break. We got a little bit stuck too deep for me, Ollie, at, at one point there. I think that yeah. they got into the game more and, and Ricketts probably, or whether it's just that, we've talked about this before, whether Ricketts get the message out there or they just psychologically take that five steps back. Um, they definitely did that because you suddenly notice the defence were a little bit deeper and, and yeah, it wasn't like what uh, Southend were dominating or even had that many really good chances to get level, but nor did we really have too many clear-cut chances and it was just a bit stodged that little middle section wasn't it yeah. until it obviously opened up then towards the end and there was goals 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 so yeah, yeah. and I think um, it's worth adding that I think you know Cummings was tiring um, obviously yeah, he hasn't been playing um, football and a lot of football recently and I'm sure your mum was happy to see Sean Worley come on and um, <laughs> um, he did really well and he definitely changed um, changed the, the kind of flow of the game sure for sure um, yeah and yeah, th- I really, really like this goal. And um, watching it back as well, I watched it back a few times. It was a really, really good goal from a shoes perspective. So, so Lauren wins the ball off Humphreys. He passes to Goss, who does a nice turn and a trick, and basically sends Humphreys the wrong way. He gives it. He gives himself some space. Then he gives the ball to Lauren, who finds Worley, who comes short for the ball. And then basically Worley runs, basically you know a good good half of the pitch mm-hmm. um, um, of the sorry good half of the half um, does two men and plays up a really nice little pass to Norbert and who slots at home and you know a good pa- a good a really good goal in the sense that we won the ball back you know it's a nice bit of interplay a bit of passing and then obviously taking advantage of one of our major strengths which is Worley's running and yeah this was a nice goal. It's really good to have something like Wally off the bench, isn't it? A fully, fully focused and like you know, with much younger and, and quicker legs. Well, you're not younger, obviously, but <laughs> um, fresher legs and players who've obviously been playing 60 minutes. He, he was an absolute threat as soon as he came on, and yeah, great goal. And and Norman, you know, scoring it, it meant so much to him. We, we saw he ran over to the bench and was just you know in absolute ecstasy from scoring because he's been out for so long and it must have been a very difficult period of his career. Um, so to see him get a goal as well was was just as good for me as seeing Beckles get one. And I think that's it's the sort of thing that you think is going to kick this team on and that confidence. So, um, but yeah, the, the run from Wally was was exquisite. If you watch it back, Ollie, and I'm sure you have done, the way he just sort of glides past people sometimes, and then also has the ability when he gets tight around men to just shift that ball a little foot or two just to the right or left, so he doesn't quite get tackled. He, d- he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that goal. And although Norburn scored it, he definitely deserved the goal. So, um, yeah, another another good goal really. And that, that was what put us free uh, one up, wasn't it? At that point, so yeah. you thought we'd won it at that point. Obviously, wasn't <laughs> quite. Yeah. To me, but... uh, did you see the video that was? Um... Um, shared by or added to by um, Dubai Shrimper. Did you see that? Video? I didn't know what was that. Oh, so he basically goes, um, basically tackle him. Are you going to tackle oh, him? No, yes, I oh, did no. See that. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny. That's so really we'll, funny. we'll retweet that out on um, on Monday for <laughs> some those. swear words in that video as well. Yeah, <laughs> but it is really funny. That was good. Um, and then, um, and then um, I've, I've described this as a much deserved goal for Lang. Um, I don't think you can disagree with that, Glenn. Um, yeah, definitely. Is is his 
ability to be that man on the front foot closing people down and you know just keeping defenders occupied is going to be what's worth worth his weight in goal. If he doesn't score too many goals, which obviously we're talking about a goal scored here now, but if he doesn't score too many goals and Cummings gets the the benefit of the amount of effort this kid's putting in, we'll be fine this season because he is a real hard worker. He's a, a proper action man. And, and I'm going to talk about the same thing at Rotherham where he was really, really good again. So yeah, he definitely deserved this goal. Um, and uh, yeah, he just seems to get in the right area. So it, it took him till the 82nd minute to get his goal. But yeah, Laurent won the ball, um, which he which he did a lot in the game as well from his pressing further up the pitch. Um, and this is what we were talking about a few weeks ago, wasn't it, Ollie? I think maybe three weeks ago we were saying if you win the ball higher up the pitch, you, your chance of scoring must just be higher because you've got less far to break, haven't you? And that's what happened here. He won the ball quite a way up, strided forward and played a lovely through ball to Lang who, who sort of got in on his own one-on-one with the keeper and just slotted it through the keeper's legs. Really nice finish and obviously shows he's got good ability as well. Um, and what a Very I really tidy like- finish. A very, very tidy comp- calm finish yeah I'll have to say it was really good it's from someone that was playing you know regular football last season wasn't it in different you know I think it was on loan to Oldham, Oldham. wasn't it yeah and they, yeah. they really liked him and it's it's not like he's come in um, on loan and he hasn't been playing football for a slightly bigger club he's coming in and he's hit the ground he's hit the ground running he hasn't blinked in terms of coming into this team has he so does that's proven to be a pretty good loan signing for me from Ricketts and, they, and the club deserves some credit for that but what made me laugh about this one was the celebration Ollie and we talked about yeah, uh, Cummins, Cummins tweet, sliding yeah. down on his knee and falling over last week but this one was just as weird where he obviously scored Lang and uh, ran off down towards the south stand but no one followed him to celebrate they all went to sort of congratulate Laurent for winning the ball I don't think anyone in. really ran they were a little <laughs> bit knackered I mean. and so he ran down and he sort of did a big fist and then he turned around and just stood there like looking back at everyone going where is everybody? Like normally, you would expect <laughs> to get mobbed. So um, I'm sure they'll 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 work on their celebrations, Ollie. But um, that was definitely game over then. Four two, <laughs> wasn't it? But obviously they got another one. But yeah, I, I did think we were we were not going to lose from that point, um, and we didn't obviously. But yeah, it was good to get four different goal scorers as well. Yeah, and I'm really really chuffed for Lang. I, I think he's a, like you said, he's a really really good player. He works Great. really hard. He does a shift for the team. Um, I understand what you're saying about you know he's that really good what football manager would describe as a pressing forward, but. You know, seeing his tricks and his ability to move on the ball um, and his finishing that we saw um, from from that goal, yep. hopefully he can score goals as well. But you're totally right. Even if he doesn't score, he's going to give us a lot. And he's going to, I imagine, he's the kind of player that uh, midfielders um, and the rest of the team will, will love playing with because the, he's always on the he's always on the run and he's always looking for options. Yeah, and, he, and he's going to be offside, like we said last week, but that's because he's going to be playing on that shoulder and he wants to use yeah. his pace. And if, if people, if he can time his runs, and we've got plenty of players in that midfield who can play that killer ball through now, I think it's going to be uh, he's going to be getting a lot of one on ones like that one. And if he finishes the rest of them like that, he will he will get goals. So one, one to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, that, that was it really. That was that was the end of our goals as well. We obviously covered the South End goals. So I don't know. I mean, we've we've covered the goals there in a different way this week. But what, what's your overall summary of the game, Ollie? I suppose I thought it was really it was just entertaining, which was nice. Yeah. Um, a little bit nervy at times when they scored, and I thought, yeah, if we throw that away, that would be classic Salah. But yeah, really great to see <laughs> some attacking um, football and some good goals. And yeah, it was the first time I thought we played our best eleven. Um, so yeah, let's keep it positive. I was really pleased to score, score some goals, and hopefully that can yeah give us some confidence, especially when we're back at home um, next Saturday, that we can push ahead and, and score. And hopefully that will give the fans also some belief as well that you know, especially with the new signings and as this team improves, that we we have the ability to score goals. I agree. I mean, my summary of the game is that's how I want to see us play going forward. I want us to be pressing higher up the pitch, using our higher quality midfielder players that we've got now, the ones we've been waiting to come back, our higher quality and possibly fitter and more mobile strikers, you know, making sure that if we're defending as a team, we're defending in those front units as well, because that definitely helped. And yeah, we let three goals in and we've talked about the reasons for that and you can't be too negative, but I want to see us do that and I want to see 
um, I want to see us creating those chances like we did. So I, I haven't really got too much negative negativity to say about the game. Obviously, we've talked about the three goals, but it is what it is. It was three points. It was what we needed. We got the job done. Um, and, and yeah, we would have moved on to uh, Rotherham, wouldn't we, with, with good spirits. So, um, yeah, that, that was it, really. Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, good win. And, yeah, who, who did you go for your top three, Glenn? Um, I, I think I'm going to... This rate, I, I, I sort of... I've given it to Laurent, and, and there's a couple of reasons why. And I think this was the game where it's really brought home to me something that I think you clocked a lot earlier than me, Ollie, is that, yeah, you're right, we didn't quite have those midfielders that we wanted. And Laurent was a massive miss in the opening weeks. And, and same at Rotherham. His energy in midfield is something we were desperately lacking during those early weeks. And to have him back playing at a decent level now... Um, is is really good to us, and I thought he was worked his balls off against um, Southend, and he was definitely my man of the match, even though he didn't obviously score a goal. He was involved in most of the play and involved in most of the good moments we had. But also, his chasing back is something that's massively underrated. Ollie, he works really hard for the team, so I, I thought he was brilliant actually against Southend, Lawrence. So I gave him man of the match. Um, I went for Cummings because I just love the man, and I just thought his finish was good. But I also think even though he went off early, he was really good in that period in terms again of closing down of being a good option of, of looking at channel balls um, thought he was really impressive and, and just a little bit of a class above and, and we've just been talking about him then in that last goal but Lang for me third place again for his work rate and also his goal and his finish was, was really quality as well so that was fair but you, you give me your three as well I think you could have put at least three or four other names in and amongst those today um, on that game because there was a few people that stood out as, as having a good game so yeah that's my three Ollie but what about you? Yeah similar I went for Lauren first okay. um, again for his work effort and, his, and that ball I thought to Lang and the class. way that he got involved in the Norburn goal as well was really good so yeah and just consistent performer um, Lang um, I went for second um, and then Norburn third I thought he had a really imp- influential effort as well in terms of performance so mm-hmm. yeah really really encouraging um, so what did Sam Ricketts have to say um, exciting yes first 25 minutes were excellent obviously we didn't really talk about that but we hit the post didn't we from a Giles cross and Cummings score nearly well he did yes. put the ball back in the net but he was offside yeah um, and then Sam Ricketts goes to talk about obviously the poor defending and the poor goals we gave away. I know we have goals in this team. This is this has been coming. We're still working progress, and we're gradually coming together. It's really pleasing to see what we've been planning for coming through. Um, so that was really good. And he explained why he started Cummings um, because he wanted to start on the front foot, and we definitely we did. saw that, didn't yeah. we? Um, That's what I've been crying and, out for, Ollie. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, and I and I think going back to what you said before. If we'd been too expansive before, um, you know, the start of the season um, and without the best team and without that midfield and, and even the strikers, you know, you can compare Cummings to Lang to, you know, Morris and, <laughs> and Waller. You'd, you know, you'd definitely know which two you'd choose. Sure. So, yeah, fingers crossed we'll see more. But we can discuss more about the ins and outs of the season so far in our 10-game review next year. Um, next year? <laughs> next yeah, week. I think we can. I mean, we'll move on to Rotherham in a minute. There's one, one question I was going to ask you during that, and I never got around to it, so I'll ask you now. Is, like, we've mentioned most of the players there. What, what are you making of Goss at the moment, Ollie? Oh, I think he's superb. Do you? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I could easily put a name next to him, but that would kind of, yeah, potentially sound a little bit silly. But, yeah, he's our pivot in midfield. Mm-hmm. He wins, a bit like Grant did as well. You know, he'd win close clever fouls um, at the right times. It happened against Rotherham a few times where he'd just kind of take the pressure off where they would be a bit clumsy and he'd, he'd kind of stop play. Yep. Um, but I'd say he's a lot more forward going, so he'll he'll look for a pass. He's really good at receiving the ball under pressure um, and passing it back really fast. And I think I think um, playing him, Norbert and um, Laurent, um, I think his kind of composure on the ball and some of his long passing is just absolutely exceptional as well. I was so, going to say that. Yeah, I imagine you're enjoying his, his play as well. 
Yeah, I think he's been really good. I, I, I just we haven't mentioned him during that. And I thought it was fair no. in fact because he had a good game and and he had a really good game at Rotherham as well. I think, but um, yeah, you're right about his long passing and it's it's got like um shape to it. His long passing, he doesn't just hit it on a straight diagonal. Sometimes he's really good at sort of picking that pass, but also kind of just gently curls into the player who's on the run, and that's been yeah. an absolute benefit to Low and um, Low. God, bringing Ryan Low back to Love and um, uh, Giles. Giles. He's really good at picking that, and again, just another one of those missing shows pieces. his technique. Great. It's a bit like, yeah. yeah, how a quarterback in American football Defo. can get that ball just in that little pocket and that little bit of space. He does it really well. And yes, the way he kind of puts curl on the ball or puts spin on the ball. Yeah, he's he's a very tech- he's probably probably one of the most technically gifted players we have in the squad. Possibly. Uh, one thing that he needs to get better at is we, one thing I will be negative about him is, is he's supposed to be amazing at free kicks and corners and we've not done much from free kicks and no, corners since he joined. <laughs> so, and he does kind of... I've been wondering about this because we haven't had anything from them and he's had a lot to take since he came in. And his delivery's been okay at times. I think he's been a bit unlucky with some of them. He's not always hitting first man. They're just going into that danger and they've been getting headed away. So I think at some point that'll click as well and we will get goals from his set pieces. But yeah, at the moment it's not happening. So if he needs, if he needs to improve on one thing, that's it. But yeah, I, I thought we'd just given a, a chat about Goss there really because because he has been good but yeah, um, no, it's a good call and I suppose that takes us to Rotherham really where he had another good game so um, yeah we'll move on to talking about the Rotherham game here it comes right footed towards the far post Morris is in there and it's there it's there it's Stephen Bain incredible so the second game this week was uh, a trip which we considered to be a very tricky trip to Rotherham United but um, we came out of it with a creditable nil-nil draw in front of 8,380 fans of which there were 429 Salopians who I will back you Ollie and, and, and you'll probably agree made a, a good noise during the game so that was fantastic and, and it was nice to finish the day Ollie um, even though we only got a point but obviously we played Rotherham and despite all their ups and downs to the championship and back they finished the game below us in the league so unlucky lads um, and we'll have a lot to say about Rotherham's fans in a minute won't we Ollie but uh, yeah, that was it, really. Yeah, that was that was the stats. Um, I don't know. We'll come into the team in a minute. Have you got anything to add there, Ollie? Yeah. So, um, what was your day like, Glyn? So I saw you um, took the kids out, so you gave um, gave your wife some breathing space and some time. <laughs> I've had two very different away trips in the last few weeks. Obviously, last week down with the away sporters playing Wimbledon, which was a sort of lads, lads, lads kind of day. Um, and then yeah, I took the kids to one of the I think second away game we've been to this season. And, uh, went to this big, massive um, museum in an old steelworks factory called Magna in Rotherham, which was which was fantastic. I found it fascinating to be honest with you. And the kids enjoyed it. So. Did that, and then went down to their local park, and then had a bit of, a bit of lunch in Tesco's, where there was absolutely tons of town fans having their lunch in the Tesco's in Rotherham, which was really weird sitting in the middle of Rotherham. But yeah, and then wandered down to the game, um, and obviously the weather, Ollie, on Saturday was just glorious, mate. It was absolutely roasting, you know, middle of September. So it was, um, had all, you know, when I went to the game, I was, I'd had a really nice day with the kids. We'd had a fantastic time. So we were just hoping anything but a loss would just cap the day, and so um, yeah, we were duly rewarded, Ollie. Yeah, it was, um, yeah. Beautiful weather, um, sunny nice. blue skies, um, and I wouldn't say our lineup was so sunny. So when um, we played a little <laughs> bit of a different tactic, actually, um, yeah. and I imagine this is maybe how we might play against a big boy um, in, if we get into you know if we, if we have some success in the FA Cup. So we played a definitely a five back line um, this week. Um, so um, Beckles is in for Pierre, who uh, who's reported has got a bit of a niggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so Williams and Ebanks um, started as well and then we played um, a flat four in front of those five so we had Wally on the right Goss and Norman in the middle and Laurent on the left but I think it's worth adding that um, I'd say Laurent my interpretation of the tactic was Laurent and Wally had some freedom to push forward but also to kind of come across and drift a little bit but defensively yeah. their, t- their job was to kind of track their their, wing- their fullbacks um, to kind of really limit them and I think it's fair to say that um, it worked quite well 
Yeah, when we attacked, actually, you know, Wally and Laurent became too off-lang at times in some of the circumstances, so they were definitely very mobile within that tactic, a little bit fluid, but when we were defensive, you've got to give Wally and Laurent some credit, is they, they, they stayed in that defensive shape of where they needed to be for us to frustrate Rotherham, so... Yeah, I think I think it worked really well in terms of the tactics. And again, it, we always we've asked recently about what's Plan B, Ollie, which I find interesting. You know, what's that other tactic we can use when maybe we get figured out or we play against a team with a little bit more? Um, this looks like a, a Plan B, in all honesty, Ollie. It, it seemed to work, and it seemed to also allow us to create chances, even though we were under the pressure for quite a lot. So maybe we could stop asking the question what Plan B is. Maybe we saw it on Saturday. Yeah, it's definitely a defensive plan B. Yeah, um, I'd definitely. still kind of ask for. We have seen a little bit of a, a you know, a, a def- an offensive plan B where we kind of play three up off a striker. Um, but yeah, you know, this is good to see, and I think it was also good to see that kind of resilience um, from the team. But um, and it's yeah, it was pretty clear how we were going to set up for right from the start. Yeah. Um, but I just want to ask you a question, Glenn. What do you make of that um, that New York song that plays just before kick off? <laughs> oh, the whole. Oh, I hate, do you know? Actually, I don't know if you you probably saw this on Twitter anyway, which is why you asked. But I, I did comment upon the whole build up of the game at Rotherham. It was so boombastic. It wasn't just the New York New York song. It was various other New York bits of songs as well. But before that, they played up those sort of drum beat type songs to get the atmosphere going and you looked around and it was a half empty stadium of at that point 6,000 fans none of which were invested in what they were hearing on the PA at all and if anything it was stifling the atmosphere the Shoes of Terror fans were trying to make I don't know if the Rotherham fans were trying to do the same I hate it I, I really hate how PA systems can be that loud and drown out the natural passionate um, support of football fans and yeah I think the whole build up to the game was over the top considering when we had a nil-nil draw it did, definitely didn't live up to the billing that's for sure Ollie yeah, it, it was. It's weird. I do find that sometimes that yeah, Shooter Town fans are trying to make some noise. It happens at home as well, but you've got the music drowning them out, and it kind yeah, of stops the atmosphere. Crap, Ollie. Yeah, but even just just the general topic about music before no, the game, I think can be can sometimes can ruin it a little bit for the fans. But um, but in terms of starting the game, I thought you know Salat started all right. Um, yeah. Didn't take long too long for us to have an effort. Um, Lang had a shot unblocked. And then Wally came running in, but um, the defender did a really great track tackle on Wally, stopped us um, having a, a really good chance, and probably at this point was probably the best chance of the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, could could have said that was the best chance of the first half, really, I suppose, on that yeah. one, where um, uh, we, we did come close to scoring. And, and we did start okay, but I think you're right where you said before you, it was clear how town were going to set up, and we, di- we did play like that. You know, we were definitely relying on breaks um, of sort of the front four, maybe, of, of, of them getting forward quickly, but the rest of the time, we were more than happy to sit back in and soak up all the pressure. Um, and and they, they created a few things. The front two looked a little bit dangerous at times, but... You know, you weren't overly worried in that opening period for me having sat there and watched it, Ollie. No, definitely not. And um, in terms of the way we defended, um, clearly you know, they were playing a four four two, and it's clear that you know their fullbacks is a big outlook for them, especially yeah. having Billy Jones, who's obviously played at a higher level at right back. Um, and yeah, having having Worley and Lauren track the fullbacks really really stifled them, and I think they really really struggled to kind of attack. And their attacking play was really really poor. Um, they were kind of resorting to quite a few times they played balls down the channel, just went out going out for a goal kick. Yeah. And um, which just shows you that, you know, you can you know, I can understand that Rotherham fans might be a bit frustrated and question um the the performance and the, the set that we went for, but we're playing Rotherham who've been in the championship a few years, who get that extra eight million over the last couple of years, couple of times. Exactly. Um, so they've had a lot more money in their squad, you know, they've been able to spend, you know, um, you know, significant money on strikers. Um so yeah, you know, each one to their own and we have a right to start the game how we want to and what formation we want to play and you know, it's not you know, not every yeah, it's the Rotherham fans are funny, I'm sure we'll mention them quite a lot throughout this this section. 
section. Yeah, I mean, I'm certain we would have looked to get Carlton, Carlton Morris back at some point in the last six months, but obviously Rotherham have got that money from the Championship that enabled them to possibly pay a fee or more of the wages than we would have done, and it's done them the deal. I know he, he was on loan there at one point before, but you suspect if we went toe-to-toe with Rotherham, and we would probably come out second best in terms of being able to buy players or, or rival them for them. So, yeah, I, I can't blame Ricketts for doing what we did really against Rotherham. I think... I think that the game at our place where we lost 4-0, Ollie, was very telling. And I think that definitely played a part into why we set up so defensively. And I'm not going to call it negative because it was it was defensive and it worked today. So you can't really call it was that a negative. It attacking wasn't it? We, it was, like we didn't try to score, which I think no. is a really important point. And yeah, like Rotherham fans have some particularly thick glasses on uh, when it comes to watching the, watching the game. Because, you know, we, we throughout the whole game, we created chances. And yep. when we got the ball and we played it out, as you said, we were playing that kind of three up front. And when we had the ball and we allowed Worley and Lawrence to push on, but we're not going to, we weren't naive enough to 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 give them all the space and let their, let their fullbacks dictate the game. True enough. It was a bit funny though because like there were long periods where we were sort of sitting back and they were having a lot of the possession, and we were back at one of those games where we had like whatever it was, thirty seven percent possession, whereas they had obviously a lot more than us. Um, and and but and at times sitting there and watching it, it was a bit difficult sometimes because it did feel like they were going to score and but you you back our lads to keep them out they, they battled really hard and we'll come to that as we go through the game so sometimes it was hard to watch but if i don't mind it being hard to watch uh, it would have been horrible had we lost that game in the last five minutes because it would have been a hell of a lot of effort for nothing but because it didn't it me- means that the sort of um the 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 means justified the end. That's exactly what I was going to say, Ollie. Yeah, you just <laughs> read my mind. Yeah, the means justified the end today, and I think you can you can allow that in a game like that, which, as we said, is one of our hardest away games. Yeah, and but to say that we we did create chances. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Giles had um, an absolute super ball um, from from Goss, and that cross was cleared for a corner. And then we played a, again. We were seeing some. I don't remember they just they just try for away games. So we had a really interesting set piece kind of move from a corner yes, where the ball we went to the back post and headed across, and E Blanks just headed wide. So that was really close. And then we had another chance about twenty eight minutes in, um, a super run from Giles from a throw in, and had a shot on his right, um, and resulted in a in a in a header from a corner. Um, so that was again frustrating, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'd say we we did have chances in that half, um, but there's one bit of the game I really wanted to ask you about was, um, and you'd have been close to this bit, Glenn. What did you make of um, Morris's dive on on Norburn? It was awful. It was a it was a full on dive. Um, it's Do you funny think you should have been booked. Uh, I don't know because we're going to come to Wally's one in a minute where I also think that was a dive from looking at it on the day so I thought it was 1-1 and I thought it was fair enough both teams had had a player dive um, should he have been booked I, I don't know it was like he was sort of sprawling forward very athletically and um, you could see why if he'd been clipped it would have been a penalty but there was clearly no contact so Norburn didn't didn't hold back though he definitely uh, he definitely he started screaming at um, Morris in the face uh, like you cheat you cheat sort of thing and the referee didn't book him obviously but um, I suppose every now and again the referee's kind of going to let one or two of them go it's frustrating though when you see some of our players get booked for that sort of thing but um, I don't know I, I, I'm not, I think not, yeah I think I think it was I think I like Carl Morris too much Ollie yeah so. but I think it was it was one of those where he went he was a bit clumsy it wasn't like yeah. he didn't dive like a swan or something did he or um, he didn't yeah it wasn't that bad um, no so, it wasn't, yeah, we'll it wasn't obvious that. But it was exactly. a yeah, yeah, and then and then obviously just before half time, like the Wally went down in the box as well. But for me, yeah. that was just a bit clumsy. I don't think he really claimed for anything. I thought it was just a bit clumsy more than anything else. It was down the other end from us. So I think he ran into the man more than anything, didn't he? On that one, I think the way it looked from where I was. But I don't know. You, you, I've, I've not actually seen the replay back on that one yet. So you're probably better. Yeah, it was just clumsy. It yeah. was nothing really in it. Um, it wasn't. He didn't really um, claim for anything. It was just a bit clumsy and a bit of arms from Wally, and we yeah, all okay. kind of fell over. So yeah, I don't think that. I think it was a, a big incident. It, it was interesting that first half. 
stuff. My, my overall summary of it was really, we, we we did the best with the good moments we had. Do you know what I mean? We we as much as you said we created chances, we created chances from what were sort of our best moments in the game and and the only some of the only attacks that we had in that first half. Because um, I think Rotherham had more shots than us the first. Half. I think we had four and they had eight. Um, and I think we had two on target. They had one. So we were more efficient maybe with our attacking play because we didn't have as much of it, which was which was great to see. I thought. Um, but a lot of Rotherham shots were, and we should give the start to give the defence some credit. There was a couple of times where the strikers had some shots from outside the box, and either Beckles or Ebanks Lendell sort of got a foot in it or, or chucked themselves in front of the ball. So, you know, there were chances that Max didn't have to deal with because the defenders were rock solid in terms of getting their body in front of it. And then I think there was the, the I think there was maybe one chance in the first half, and we'll come to some other stuff Max did, where um, he made one save in the first half that was really good and he pushed it out wide, I remember. So I think overall, yeah, we did have chances, but you, you, could, you couldn't say that we shaded that game in terms of the overall play. Maybe we shaded it in terms of the quality of chances, Ollie. I think that's probably fair. Um, so at half time, I was happy to get to half time nil nil. To be honest with you, that so that was my vibe sitting there on the day. I was thinking that's halfway done. Let's just crack on, do that again, or maybe try and nick one. We'll be fine. In terms of um, action, um, definitely the first half was a bit fuller than the second. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd say you know it took quite a while um, for the game to kind of get going again. It took them, took Rotherham. It, Rotherham really struggled to get the ball um, between our lines, especially in the centre of the pitch. They really struggled to do anything in front of our um, defenders, in centre of our central defenders. Everything yeah. came down the flanks. Um, they put a good cross in and funny enough, it was Worley who tracked his man and cleared ahead from across. Yep. Um, and that was one of the best that was you know it took him quite a while to get to that bit and then and then it took us probably about 10 minutes into the half for us to have our our first effort um, and it was good work by Lang who worked a shot for Worley and um, yeah that was one of our better chances in the kind of the first half of the second half I think after that, that chance on 55 and, and probably 55-60 minutes onwards um, I think you know we were, we were definitely back to the wall and again we were still trying to do the counter attacks and we had a couple of good moments one where we broke I remember where we, we were just a Giles pass away from it from it being a certain tap in for one of the strikers probably Lang I think it was at that point so um, maybe I'm going a bit too far forward here but yeah I, they did not start particularly fast in the second half rather and it was interesting it was a combination of few little referee errors one thing about the referee I'd say is he actually wanted to let the game go which was good I thought as a, if you were neutral watching that game that was good refereeing he, he kind of anytime someone got fouled if it wasn't too serious he would be like play on he played the advantage well a couple of times but it was really knocking off the Rotherham fans and, and as we talked well, about two years ago much to knock them <laughs> they can't deal with anything that goes against Rotherham after what happened two years ago and um, yeah they, they just got more and more annoyed and I think that probably was one of the impetuses as to why the last half an hour was so difficult for us because their fans were right into it and they would they were really wanting their team to win and they they probably just kept pushed forward and, and that's why we got more and more defensive and just shut up shop really but um that, that, yeah that was my reading on the start of the game really of how, how it kind of flowed in, in terms of that Ollie. yeah and then and then it's interesting so Cummins came on on 73 minutes yep um, and again um he had an impact on the game um so we had a really good chance uh, Morris had a really good chance for them but then it went back to our other end and we had that really really super counter-attack yeah um, where Giles basically cross was blocked and then he tried to do the follow up and it was a bit fluff but that was a great that opportunity one, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a really good opportunity just before then as well at the start of this period where um, Goss did, did a Super Bowl to Giles and he basically pulled it back for Worley but the defender cut it out and there was and again it seems a bit of a, a soapbox this season you know we've gone so close in creating these chances but just not quite quite creating them but to no, say we didn't have chances in the second half would be wrong. We didn't, but I think that the, the difference between playing the two up front against South End and just playing one up and hoping people to get up with him, it, it, it sort of lowers that chance of finding yeah, that right man in the box. And um, it, it is a it is a much uh, you know tactically it's a harder type, harder way to score for me to be honest with you. You just don't have the men up there as much as it. But to be honest with you, you know the fans were sort of 
around me were feeling like a point was a great result to be honest with you and so I don't think anyone was too worried about uh, the sort of some of the mistakes we we're making going forward it was frustrating you you could see us nicking that game you know a little bit like we did two years ago but I don't think anyone was really wanting us to push everyone forward to try and win it and then throw away all the hard work that the defenders had put into it up to that point on so I, I wasn't open we'd madly gamble it forward to try and win I was open we maybe break and, and score one but I was quite content for us to sit in and, and just continue to frustrate them and you know Max O'Leary was wasting time you know we, we were trying to slow the game down at every point for every throw in and Rotherham fans were just getting more and more agitated and I found the whole thing hilarious Ollie. <laughs> yeah it was I don't think it really helps their players either and with no. their negative mentality um, and then in defence of Rotherham and kind of you know to give a fair account um, they did have a really good save so there was a free kick yeah. a header and a super save for Max O'Leary which is really good um, and yeah that was that was one of their best chances they had and then Morris right near the end and had the chance to score and he really should have scored then he kind of side footed it didn't he inside the six yard box right in front of the goal and goes wide and if you, you were talking about a ch- you know us losing the game um, that should have been that chance and, we, yeah. and you know thankfully we're not but that could have been so easy the moment where we conceded and they got all three points he missed those sorts of chances for us and nothing's yeah, really changed does it um, no. and and you know he was pretty effective during the game but one of the things interestingly for, for you Ollie is I was coming out of the ground we were sort of with all the Rotherham fans walking back to car we had about a 20 minute walk back to where we parked the car through the town centre and sort of hung, hung around for at least 10 minutes of Rotherham fans talking and they were all sort of a few of the different groups we walked past all seemed to have the same point which was well we're playing alright we're doing okay but we just can't score we just can't score and there was a definite uh, lilt towards them being concerned about the goal record or the goal scoring that their strikers have got they've scored a couple this season but I still think they think they, their strikers should be getting more goals um, and I think it's because of missed chances like that obviously which is probably what's making Rotherham fans think like that I suppose Yeah it's interesting isn't it because yeah, you potentially get a different view online um, from their fans yeah. um, than what you do maybe at the game um, I'd say that in terms of um, in terms of how they're playing we we frustrated them and obviously we haven't seen what they've played in other games um, but yeah they struggled I think to kind of you know break us down and you know they are a team that's got a bigger budget because of their time in the championship and they've got a few thousand fans more than, than most um, than the average so the, the bottom half of the table so they are going to have a bigger wage budget and so teams sure, are not going to yeah. make it easy for them but in that way that like Ipswich did to us, they had they had they had um, basically weapons to break us apart, and they need to work on that. And they can't just you can't just bemoan the opposition's how they set themselves up. They have to create solutions for their own. And yeah, yeah. I don't know whether having two battering rams up front is going to be a, it's a solution for that. I don't think they really had much pace, and I don't think they really threatened us from a pace perspective. So if they're going to play that tactic and use the fullbacks, it's quite easy. And we've shown opposition teams how to close Rotherham down. Yeah, and then they became frustrated. Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about defence, but we should just say, you know, during this game, they were fantastic. Or, you know, the three centre-backs were so in a physical battle with the two sort of big lads up front for them, Lapado and Morris. Um, and they didn't shirk their responsibilities. They were all really solid, really strong. I thought all three centre-backs had fantastic games. I thought the, the right and left back, as they were, tried to get forward a little bit, at least up to halfway as much as they could. And when they sat in deep... You know they they did passable jobs as right and left backs, considering they've been playing wing backs. So you couldn't really be critical about any defence. And one of the things I want to pick up on, and I'll probably talk about it when I get to my top three, is Max O'Leary. For me, his save he made in that game, the one you're talking about near the end, was as good as you know winning the game for us. It was an unreal save from a header close range. But his work, Ollie, when we had um, corners to defend, which we had lots to defend, and also crossed into the box. 
the boy, we've not mentioned it as much as we possibly should do. He is super confident coming out to claim the high ball. He's Dean Henderson-esque, Ollie. And he did that so many times in this game that just relieved pressure after pressure. And he got it, and he slowed it down, and he either bowled it out short or he hit it long. And it just stopped the momentum that Rotherham was starting to build up. And he played just as big a role. You know, he, Obviously, he was a goalkeeper in keeping the clean sheet as the centre-backs did because he just stopped that pressure, just came out and casually cleared things. And, and he deserves so much credit for that. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point, Glenn. A really good observation. I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of missed that off really, and I just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether I've just come to accept that he's just a fantastic goalkeeper and I he's expect him he's to really do good. it. But there were so many times, yeah, where he came and and he basically it must be great for Ebanks and and for Williams and for Beckles to know that you've got a goalkeeper who's who's not scared to come out. And you know, potentially get hurt, and he collected loads of balls in the air um, to yeah nullify their attacks. So yeah, really yeah. good point. There, and he, right? ne- he never makes an error. He never makes a handling error as well, for, as far as I can make out. And sometimes he's coming out of the goal into the land of the giants when you've got exactly. Beckles, Pierre, and, and our, our other centre backs, and then Morrison and Ladapo. He was coming in and just athletically plucking it out, and and, and it's it's a it's a really good thing to see. And he's his athleticism is something that he's he must work on really well, and is one of his key strengths for me because it's that and the save that he made shows how athletic he is because he isn't the tallest, but he gets there, Ollie, and that's that's what he's he's um, improving week on week at the moment. Yeah, no, it was really yeah. really good performance, a really good good observation for me there, Glenn. Um, but just wanted, every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to talk about um, the the Rotherham fans because. <laughs> We we get they're starting to get well for in our world in the in the Slopian world they're starting to get a reputation for as a bunch of whingers and a bit a bit of bunch of crybabies and it, it all started from the first minute of the game where Love won basically went to ground won the ball and they started from the first minute when whinging at the referee um, and I do question whether some of their fans understand actually the rules of the game and yeah and also it was very um, it was very strange that the first time I heard them chant was when them the referee gave. Lauren a yellow card <laughs> which I thought yeah. was quite funny but um, yeah they don't particularly support the team that well do they the Shooter Town fans were loud and noisy throughout the game but yeah the Rotherham fans I don't know what did you think Lynn? do you think they were a bit quiet yeah they're a bit of an odd bunch aren't they <laughs> we said that two years ago though and I don't think anything's really changed Ollie I don't think they're sedue to the championships to change the, the outlook hasn't of given, fans. getting thrashed in the championship every week hasn't given them any no. humility has it no but I, weird, th- weird thing for me I, I honestly don't think the referee was that poor and they were no, really getting good back. game yeah so I, I understand the, the, the red tinted specs they might wear and all that sort of thing and, and that, that happens we get a bit like that sometimes and we've we've certainly got fans who, who act like that a little bit but I don't know maybe it's just our reflection of what happened at Rob the room um, two years ago and, and but also that game they had at the meadow when they were yes, diving true. everywhere yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they're, they're very short memories well it's, let's talk about short memories you know our, none of our time wasting was ridiculous like the referee didn't book Max O'Leary because he wasn't taking the piss with the time wasting he was wasting On as much time as he bit, possibly could yeah, yeah he was flirting with it but I don't think it was like some teams we've seen play against us time wasting but Rotherham fans are going mental about it. I mean, does anyone remember Wembley? When they were time-wasting, when they were in a good position there, at, you know, in the playoff final, there was some terrible time-wasting by Richard Wood and a few of the other people. And it was snidey time-wasting as well. So it's not like, you know, they're whiter than white when it comes to time-wasting. So I wasn't having any of that either. And at the end of the day, you know, that's a better point for us than it is for Rotherham. It keeps them below us. It keeps us going on a three-game unbeaten streak. It keeps our positivity going into another home game. So for me, we came out of that as fans in a better position than Rotherham fans. So maybe that's where some of their negativity came from, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, but I've seen them moaning about their managers to be sacked and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> really? But, uh, yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah no, before before a few weeks ago, 
Um, I saw some of their fans complaining online, but then saying that um, you see all sorts of things online. I yeah, saw a video of some Sunderland fans chanting about Gary Speed and stuff, and that's <laughs> surely only a small Jesus. minority. And a small, you... but a small minority can ruin it for a lot of people. Two weeks ago, someone came on Five Live. I think I mentioned it on the podcast, saying that Pep should get sacked after yeah, Norwich, exactly. and they tried to phone this guy back on Five Live this week to find out if he'd come <laughs> on after they won seven nil or eight nil, whatever it eight was. And it was it, yeah. He wouldn't answer the phone. So oh, <laughs> there you go. Him. One week he's a one week you can get sacked, and one week you can't. Which is why we like to take a slightly longer view of things on our exactly. podcast, don't we, Ollie? We're not too overreactionary, hopefully. But yeah. Oh, well, there we go. So I'll just run through my top three, Ollie, because um, I've just said what I had to say about Max O'Leary. For me, he was my man of the match. Um, I Just just because of everything he did, I, I thought he was a real massive influence on the game. Um, and then I went for Lang, who we've not mentioned, but we mentioned in the last game, who, who worked his socks off as, as usual. But um, doing the lone striker, Ollie, in this game, he showed his worth even more and won some of those balls high up for us, but was, was just a good option for us. I think he was only offside two games in that game as well, which, considering he was against the whole of the back line was pretty good um, so yeah I'm really impressed with Lang really impressed and then I, I went for Eel um, for my third place because he was probably the one of the three defenders I thought just stood a little bit out from them and that's harsh on the other two because they also played really well but I remember him I think it's just I think he shades it really on there was a, a chance they had right in front of the town fans where he just threw his body across and stopped an almost certain goal um, so I think he shades it but you, you know you've got to give Beckles and um, Williams credit as well they were both fantastic um, and it's funny because Williams is you know the big hot shot young lad who we thought was going to go on to do things and actually he doesn't stand out with these other three or four centre backs we've got at the moment. He's he's equally as good as them. They've all got such. What I like about them, I'm going a bit off tangent here, Ollie, but I do like to do that. What I like about our four centre backs is they're four very slightly different players. They all give you something slightly different, and it's why I think you'll see Ricketts rotate the centre backs because they might need uh, Landell's sort of long balls in some games because he's really good at that. But then in some games you might 100% need Williams's pace at the back to cover for a, for a pacey striker. In some games you might want the physicality of Beckles, whereas in some games you might want the all-round ability of a, of a Pierre who, who doesn't seem to put a fit wrong. It's nice having four different sort of centre backs that all can do a job, but maybe in a slightly different way. No, definitely, and yeah, you don't. You're not concerned I, if you see one of the one of the central defenders play, no. and you're not concerned. You know, think about last year where we were concerned about Waterfall and Sadler playing together, <laughs> playing Sad. Remember, remember this time going into Fleetwood this time oh, last year. Don't. Man, this was a completely different, um, different place now. But yeah, I think that was good, and it's interesting that you mentioned the back three because Lewis Cox gave all three central defenders eight out of ten in his, um, in his match totally report. Fair. Which is, yeah, fair play. And yeah, there's quite a lot of eights. He gave Wally an eight, a Norburn an eight, he gave Laurent an eight, and he gave Lang an yeah. eight as well. So yeah. my my top three, um, I went for Laurent, um, Ebanks, um, Landall. I thought he was absolutely superb. And I also wanted to put him in there as well because he hadn't been in my top three so far this year, if That's I remember. Fair, yeah. He might have been in once. Um, but yeah, and also then I went for Lang because I thought he was just, yep. his effort was fantastic. So yeah, um, a, a good tidy performance and the players, you know, well-earned rest. Good job we haven't got a Tuesday night game. So I think we need need the, the, the week to recover. Um, yep. And yeah, hope, looking forward to Saturday now. He did. I mean, Rick, we can run through Ricketts' comments very quickly. One of the things I heard from Ricketts on the way in was we just briefly mentioned that Pierre's got an injury, but it seems like it's more... It's, sorry, we said he's got a knock. Actually, Ricketts was talking about it being one to two weeks out, so I, I consider that to be a little bit more like an injury, really. He's, he's got something that's going to keep him out a little bit longer. But then, but, he, but then he suggested that Cummings wasn't ready to play, so... True enough, maybe, maybe. But then we've only we've got a whole week now off without a game exactly. anyway, so he might well end up on the bench next week. You never know. So, yeah, I mean, what else did Ricketts have to say? Yeah, so you said it was a good point. I thought it was a really good performance, an excellent team performance. We set up with a plan, which is very evident as the game went on. We frustrated Rotherham from shooting from longer distance. Yeah, that's Anything true. Anything that Max had one really, really good save to make. 
Um, yeah, you know, you said that, you know, he's talking about Giles, about weaving his magic. Um, and yeah, basically said that, yeah, there was basically, you know, we had on top of that, we defensive basically strength, we had three or four really good breaks and we didn't yeah. capitalize on those. So no. yeah, we could have got three points. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, fair play to him. He had a game plan. It worked and we got the point and yeah, ending the week, um, four points out of six ain't bad. And that's what he's needed, Ricketts, isn't it? This week is exactly what he needed, isn't Ollie, from some yeah. of those sort of early season niggles to get a win and then get a draw away at somewhere difficult. It's, it's, you know, for me, it's put a lot of my my concerns, my longer term concerns, I suppose, at the back of my mind now, really. And I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing what this team that he's put together now, playing a little bit more front football like South End, but also having the stability of the Rotherham game. I'm really excited to see what that can do in the next ten to fifteen games before Christmas, because. I think I saw someone put it. Might even be you. You know, whisper it quietly. We might have a. We might be on for a good season here, sort of thing. It's it's just on the verge of that for me, really, at the moment. Yeah, there's definitely something building, and potentially, yeah, we hopefully, potentially, yeah. you know, we've got a good team here. Um, but yeah, we can we can discuss that again next week. Um, sure. So yeah, probably worth closing the game there here, and then yeah, look ahead to predictions. Ex Fleetwood wingback Junior Brown's hopeful ball over the top fell to Jim O'Brien, who finished definitively to open the scoring. So, predictions. Um, neither of us um, got anything this week, Lynn. We were too um, pessimistic. Aid, Aid was right with the draw, um, but we yeah. both went for defeat. Um, so no points for us this week. Um, but, <laughs> I, you know, in terms of the podcast, we have been busy. So obviously you did your special recently. Um, yes. And I did a, a special interview on Friday. So I went to mm. the Shooter Town training ground and I met with John Pitts. Yep. Um, and asked him some questions about his role, about culture, um, asked him some interesting things about you know his players and social media. So that podcast will be out on Tuesday. Um, have a listen. And I asked that question, Glenn, that we were chatting about offline about is he involved in tactics? So you'll have to listen to hear the answer uh, okay. to that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think hopefully it'd be an interesting podcast for people to listen to. So yeah, give that one a listen. It'll be out on, on all the normal formats on Tuesday morning. Yeah, it's good. I, I, you know, I, you know, I'll come back to it. It's good that we. It seems like we're we're splitting apart, Ollie, doing these separate specials. But we've kind of both got uh, like our own little niches now, haven't we? Of what we kind of like to do and bring to the podcast, and hopefully people appreciate the the extra work we're putting in. Really, sometimes because it's it's good fun for us to do it. But hopefully, and they're being well received these specials as well, which is nice. But I, I'm I'm interested. I always like your interviews, Ollie. I'm always interested in the one you had with Brian and what you had to say. So I'm looking forward to hear what sort of um, things we've heard off me and you particularly have heard off Pitts in the the meetings we had with Sam Ricketts, where he was quite vocal and talking about his role there i think it's really good for us as a as a podcast really to be able to get out a bit more about that role and hear him talking um for the fans really i think that'll be a really good thing for, for fans to listen to because it's certainly something that we haven't really had at this football club before and i, and I think it's um he's a quite an impressive character ollie when you hear him talk so i think it should should be a good interview that yeah of course i hope people enjoy it um and then yeah looking ahead um game on saturday and then we've got a 10 um 10 game review to do so that should be fun oh yeah, we've reached 10 games, haven't we? We'll, we'll, we'll look forward to doing that next week, Ollie. Yeah, I think that'll be where we can maybe uh, have a bit more reasoned judgment now after, after some recent results. But, I mean, Fleetwood next Saturday is what we predict, Ollie. So uh, I'm going to go for us to win. I don't think we'll get out tactically outthought by Joe Barton like John Askey did last year, but I'll go for us to win 3-1. Okay, cool. I'm, I, I thought ahead before. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Shrewsbury. Okay. Fleetwood are doing well. They are their fourth, yeah, yeah, they're doing all right. Fourth in the league, 17 points, a plus four goal difference. Shrewsbury 11th, having played nine games, so 13 points for minus one goal difference. Uh, but obviously we've had the Ipswich game and you know some some interesting games. But we're starting to score more now. And yep. yeah, I'm look I'm look again looking forward to this um, this match. So. Yeah, for the 10-game review, please oh, yeah. feel free to share your view on Twitter. We'll make sure we put some, you know, some 
some tweets out and some messages out to try and get everyone's questions but we also really want to get people's opinion we don't you know as we everyone knows who listens to the podcast we like to hear opinions from the fans so either drop us your opinion on twitter or you can email us at salopcast 1886 at gmail.com so we'll put that on twitter as well and i'm sure glenn will retweet that from the blue and amber account as well because that's got that's got a lot of followers yeah so yeah, yeah 10 game review should be good glenn it should be good and uh, um, it's always a kind of interesting first point of that season isn't it and um, yes yeah, yeah question. I, I know... a report almost reviewers yeah. viewers performance to date I noticed a few questions have been sent in one of yeah. which was if this form continues what's Glyn going to moan about but don't worry I've got plenty of answers <laughs> to that so that, that's fine um, and, and that's it really we're just going to wrap the podcast up there I suppose Ollie before, before we get to 10 games next week but one thing I did want to just mention is um, the away supporters obviously I've, I've mentioned it over the last few weeks about how it's going and reforming the team and there's actually I've, I haven't mentioned it I forgot about it last week but there's a fundraiser going on at the moment if you search for um, STFC away supporters fundraising on Google um, we're trying to raise a bit of money to get Shrewsbury Town's away supporters back playing in a, a Shrewsbury Town kit because the moment we're borrowing a Sunday League team so yeah if anyone wants to Google that or check out both our Twitter accounts where there's been messages on it and, and contribute a couple of quid just to help us a little bit that would be fantastic so um, yeah I'm, I'm trying to strike while the end's hot while all the Shrewsbury Town fans are happy Ollie <laughs> <laughs> so yeah fingers crossed we can have a good result and a few more goals yeah. next Saturday um, but yeah I'm looking forward to going to that game and I'm sure everyone else as well so thanks guys for listening thanks for your comments and your contribution we always yeah really enjoy that and it's yeah part of the fun good stuff we'll catch you all next week ebanks ebanks sorry ethan ebanks landell um you might need need ethan you might need lamb, lamb. Ugh. <laughs> I'm struggling with his name, aren't I? Yeah, you got to put this at the end. <laughs> I will do. It's fine.